the world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve 8 from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layer timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve 8 is available from $995. Current users can download the update for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagic-design.com What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and in this episode, I continue my interview with Kanan Flowers. Now, Kanan's the host of That Post Show, and if you haven't heard it yet, you have to hear it. You have to go to scruffythinking.com and listen to it. Just find it, listen to it. Or you can search for That Post Show on iTunes. Now, in this episode, we focus on his work in viral videos and getting videos out there, particularly for upstarts. After the show, you have to listen because... We have to talk about the videos that have been surfacing of the Conan O'Brien editors who created a whole new character that I think Adobe really likes. So make sure to listen afterwards. We also have potential for some new shirts. We're going to put up some links for people to check out. So make sure to join us after the interview. In the meantime, enjoy my talk with Kanan Flowers. So I just want to step back for a second and talk to you a bit about your website, scruffythinking.com, that post show, Scruffy TV, and Life Zero. I was wondering if you could give me a bit of background on on those uh, or that family of websites. Sure. So taking a big step back, Life Zero, I spent some time in Thailand and I studied Buddhism in the northern part of Thailand outside of Chiang Mai. And there's a version of Buddhism in Thailand called Theravada Buddhism, which is this idea that you spend about half your time working on your internal self and half your time helping others. So it's this idea of, you know, six months in, six months out of the temple. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for almost a year. And I I realized, it's funny, I spent the entire year between 2000, well, basically 2003 and a little bit of 2004. I spent an entire year without using the internet or without having a computer. And I realized a lot of things about what I was okay with not having and what I was okay with having. And so I came back and I started this podcast called Life Zero, which is this idea of eliminating things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in 2009, my wife was like, I really want to travel. And I was like, well, where do you want to go? And she put all these pins in a map. And I'm like, good God, that's a lot of places. Uh, so we sold everything through on backpacks and took off for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of doing Life Zero a little bit on on that trip. That kind of that was more Mexico and and Europe. Yeah. What I realized at the end of that trip is I realized that the Life Zero podcast had kind of run its course. You know, it's there's only so many different ways. I mean, I should probably maybe write a book if I want to explain this. But there there are only so many ways that you can tell someone, hey, you don't need as much crap as you think you need in order to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so Life Zero, I, started, I took a big step back and I thought about what, do, what am I really trying to do? And that's when the idea of scruffy thinking uh, came to me, which is the idea that it wasn't the Life Zero podcast that I was trying to accomplish. It was the idea of a podcast where I had a bunch of interesting guests talk about the things that they find interesting mm-hmm. and the way that their life is. And so that became scruffy thinking. And then 
that scruffy thinking became this kind of brand, right? Which is, yeah. as you said, I do videos for startups and, and, and branding, and that's scruffy TV, scruffy.tv, I should mm-hmm. say. And then I relaunched that post show, which is the post production and filmmaking podcast, where I have, you know, obviously great guests talking about those sort of things. And, and all of that kind of became part of the scruffy thinking umbrella of, of media that I'm creating. Scruffy TV, you were talking about, basically it does a lot of viral videos or does a lot of uh, creative, I don't want to say promotional, but it's uh, really well thought out sort of viral video tools for companies. And I was wondering, what are some of the most uh, more interesting projects that you've worked on that you're allowed to talk about on the podcast? Yeah, that's always the problem, right? Is somebody comes up to me and they hire me to do a viral video for their company and then... The, the video goes viral and then they absolutely do not want me to run around saying, oh, by the way, I created that video for the sole purpose of it going viral and you to share it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is then it then people feel like they've been tricked, mm-hmm. right? Um, mostly the, the videos that I've enjoyed more have been the videos that are in and around startups. Mm-hmm. And so – there's a really great guy, uh, Adam Lissagor, who has a, a company called Sandwich Video. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I kind of think of, of Adam's work as if you, if you look at Scruffy.tv and you look at Sandwich Video, they're, they're kind of – they're two ends of the spectrum, right? It's like if it were a scale, he would be on one side and I would be on the other and we would be hopefully balancing each other out. Because what he does is he does product videos that explain the product. Okay. Whereas what I try and do is I try and build a narrative, a story around the product that may or may not explain the product at all, but but, t- but tells a story that hopefully by the end of that story, you're interested enough to share that video with your friends. Um, yeah. I'm sure you saw the recruiter box video. Yes. Yeah, I, I was put out. just looking at it actually uh, earlier today. Yeah. So the idea there is, right, it's just silly, right? There's a, yeah. there's a guy named Bob who obviously is not named Bob. This guy from India, mm-hmm. and you know he decides he wants to get a resume to someone, and then it just becomes completely absurd, right? Rather than emailing the resume, he hands it to a courier who, you know, goes through the park and by a zombie, and then to a to a building, and then hands it off to another courier, and it's twenty two floors later, and then there's this crazy like German rap music playing, and then finally gets somewhere, and she tosses it into the trash. Yeah. The idea is there was just to create the story around the metaphor of what you imagine happens to your resume when you email it to someone. What was your reasoning for going into this particular area of viral video? So the, uh, there's three there's three different parts to it, uh, and and briefly they are uh, one I love startups and I love the idea of trying to brand some product or technology that other people don't know about, and because I've done a lot of work with startups, I tend to better understand what it is they do than most people in. Uh, do right, mm-hmm. so like I can look at a startup and say, "Oh, okay, this is what you do," right, and then I can craft a story that connects, hopefully, at least metaphorically, to that in some way. So that's the first part. The second part is I love, with a capital L, you know, underlined, italics, bolded, you know, in markdown, love video. Mm-hmm. I love doing videos. I love doing sh- uh, any kind of any kind of video that tells a story. I'm going to be a hundred percent behind. And then the third thing is, you know, I've done a lot of work as you as you suggested. I've done a lot of work with sentiment analysis, and a lot, I've done a lot of programming. And so, I came up with a series of algorithms that look at 
social networks to determine things that are trending or something you might call the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Or, but it's, it's basically sentiment. So I could say, for example, if a thousand people like lamps, that those, you know, those people also, there's a 97% chance that they will like you know, pillows made of down because of the intersect of sentiment between those, those people and those ideas. And so what I do is I use that to inform the kinds of things that I put in the video. And it doesn't make the video successful, but it helps because it gives it, you know, different components where the person, if they're watching the video, they, they might say, oh, I like that. Or I also like that. You know? mm-hmm. So I tend to do that. Or, or, and then, of course, I tend to do stupid, crazy things like film a zombie in a park and then spend, you know, 20 hours working on, the, you know, facial reconstruction you know, in motion just so that when, you know, for the three frames that the zombie goes by, his, his you know, his jaw is falling off as he's growling at you. Yeah. yeah. For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> now, what happens if the, the videos you're working on for these clients uh, doesn't take off? Is there, how, I guess, how do you approach pushing the video so it becomes viral? And how do you attack a problem like it not taking off virally? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, so what I tend to do is I tend to charge the client a fee, uh, an upfront fee to cover essentially the cost and to cover, uh, you know, just essentially so that I'm not out of pocket on the video, right? And then because, you know, people and resources and locations, those things cost money. And then what I tend to do after that is I tend to base the rest of my income for the project on the number of views. And so what happens, for example, is, I mean, it depends on the size of the company, but there are some companies I'll say, okay, well, it's, you know, this much per hundred views or it's this much per thousand or it's, you know, there's some, there's some scale where at a certain number of views, I don't make any more money, but I tend to do it that way. And so what ends up happening is People take a little bit of risk up front because, you know, there's risk. I mean, you have to do it. Uh, And then they feel at least more comfortable that they're not taking all of the risk because I'm putting a little bit of my own, you know, skin in the game or a little bit of my money where my mouth is, as it were, by saying, well, if you get a thousand views, then I get paid more Mm -hmm. or a hundred. I mean, like I say, it depends on the, it depends on the company. I mean, Recruiter Box is a, is an interesting example because I just, I, I share an office. I have a co-working space that I go to sometimes and. I share that space with the, one of the founders of Recruiter Box, and so we worked out a, we worked out a situation like that. And then I'm working out another video with a, a company that does a four twin four twenty friendly uh, smoking apparatus. The idea there is that I so I need to do a shoot in Beijing at some point, mm-hmm. and they have an office in Beijing, and so uh, rather than pay me, what they're going to do is they're going to put me up in Beijing for a week and a half in this apartment mm-hmm. and then on the back end of course you know if, if we hit a certain number of views then I, then I actually make a, a bonus or a, a, I generate more revenue on that yeah. so you know as, as I said I mean the thing for me is I, I love doing this I like helping people out as much as I can mm-hmm. so there isn't really a hard and fast rule yeah and you get to go to Beijing <laughs> and who doesn't want to go to Beijing <laughs> yes. so that was my interview with Kanan now I wanted you guys to all listen afterwards because we've had a lot happen in the last week. If you remember last June, the Conan O'Brien editors had a little fun with Final Cut Pro X. And they put out a video and it went viral. Now, similarly, 
they decided to poke a little fun at the new uh, Adobe that's coming out at NAB. So they put together a little video for everyone in the editing community and they shared it and it's gone viral again. But part of it, they created a character named John Adobe. And John Adobe's sort of taken on a life of his own on Twitter. Uh, you can hashtag John Adobe. And because of this, they've also created shirts for him. So if you want to check out the shirts, you can go to www.cafepress.com slash Rob the Editor. And Rob's one of the editors on Conan O'Brien. Now, you can also check it out online. We're going to put the video up on our website, cuttingroom.aotg.com. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can go there, watch the video, and then we'll link to the shirt shop as well. Now, speaking of shirts, we also have James Weber, who has generously said we can use some of his shirt designs. And so since no one's gotten our forward film review yet, we can't give one of those out yet. What we're going to do is we're going to put a link up to his shirt shop on our site. Or you can go to cafepress.com slash postshirts. And, you know, direct a few people there. If you're interested in buying them, buy them. If you don't have the cash, you can try and pick them up through winning them on this podcast. Now, NAB is quite close. And this is the last thing before I wrap up. NAB is really close. We're going to be at NAB. We're going to be interviewing tons of companies and just posting them up here as quickly as possible for those who can't make it to NAB. So we're going to go around to all these companies, interview them, get their information out to you guys. So if you can't make it to NAB, these will be popping up. What will probably happen is they'll probably just be 5 to 10 minute interviews really quick. Not much of an intro, not much of an extra, but that way you guys can get the information. Now, if you have any questions, you can always email us at info at AOTG.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ArtGuillotine, or you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArtGuillotine. I'd like to thank Kanan for allowing me to interview him. Make sure to join me next week for part three. I'd also like to thank my producer, Lauren Woodcock. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.